Come on. Thank you. Well, good morning, Restored Church. It is so good to see you, and uh, it's always a privilege and an honor to, to be part of this house, to be part of the, the home here at uh, Restore. Can you imagine 40,000 people at Wembley this afternoon, all the way from this wonderful city, cheering on the Green Army, and uh, let's trust and pray that the West Country team overcomes the Northerners of Bolton. <laughs> How about that uh, th this afternoon? So th that's nothing of God, that's just me wishful thinking and uh, me just being a little bit carnal for a few moments, if that's so uh, okay. But it is uh, my privilege this morning to be here and to just spend a few moments looking into Scripture and to, to build on the theme that our pastor and the ministry team have been setting over the course of the, the, the last few, few months. Understand that we're in a series entitled Things We Value or We Value. Yep. Now, some of you aren't quite sure about that. So just nudge the person next to you and say, we are in a theme and the theme is We Value. All right. That's a reminder for some of you. And it may be for the very first time hearing it this morning. But uh, what I love about this, this house, this, this local church, Restore Church, it's a place we can call home. And, and I love that. And there is a distinct difference between a house and a home. You may think it's the same, but it's a distinct difference. A house and a home. And what we're endeavoring to do here under the leadership of our, of our pastors and our ministry team is we're endeavoring to, to build not just a house but a home. A, a place where individuals, men, women, boys and girls will come to understand and appreciate that this is a special place and this is a place called home. Over the course of the last few months, you have been reminded of the mandate on this house. And when I talk about mandate, I'm talking about the official commissioning of. It's a, 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 an authority. It's a sense of, of go get. And we all know that uh, Isaiah chapter 61, in a sense, is the mandate over this house, where it starts off by saying that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us to preach the good news to those that are less fortunate than ourselves, to reach out to those who are broken. And we understand this, that when we begin to put that into a, into a mission statement, into a vision statement for this wonderful collective group called Restore Church, is Restore Church is here to share the good news, to rebuild the individual, to restore community and to renew a city. In keeping with that wonderful statement, not just words that make us feel fluffy and warm and good, but a sense of commissioning from heaven itself over our lives. This morning I'd like to speak on the subject of one of the values of this house. And it's simply this, generosity. If you're going to take notes this morning, if you are old-fashioned enough like me to have paper and pen, or if you have modern technology called an iPad, 
or a mobile phone where you can take notes, I want you to write the word generosity down because over the next two and a half hours, we're going to look into this wonderful subject and uh, we're going to explore what it means to be generous. I'm going to be generous with my time this morning and I want you to be generous with your, your listening. I believe that what God is requiring of us here at Restore Church is this. He wants us to build a generational church. Yes. Now that went quiet. God's wanting us to build a generational church, and he's also wanting us to build a generous church. I had the privilege on Wednesday evening to sit around the table of my local church, church management team. They've invited me back to be part of that leadership panel and to be part of that help with direction. And as we were just sharing some of the, the things that God has done, is doing, and will do, I felt the Spirit of God say this to me. Ian, encourage the people, encourage the leaders to build a church where your grandchildren can get married in. And that really excited me because our family is extending. And we're now another layer of generation where the grandkids are, are engaging and worshipping in local church. And I want to encourage us this morning that we begin to build generationally, that we make decisions today, not just for past generation or current generation, but we make decisions for the generations to come. Building church where our grandchildren and our grandchildren's children will get married. You see, Jesus, or the Bible talks about a generational God. The Old Testament talks about the Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. And to help us accomplish this generational church, we need to begin to embrace the concept that we need to be generous as well. I'm going to explore and expand on that in a few moments' time. You see, as we build a generational church and a generous church, we recognize that we're here to see the lost saved. And we're here to see the saved pastored. And we're here to see the pastor discipled. And then we're also here to see the disciples sent on, on mission. But there are some characteristics that are quirky, unique, peculiar to us as a local church. We have shared beliefs and shared values, shared standards and shared attitudes. We, we value worship. We, we value prayer. We value honor and generosity, love, servanthood, and people. But this morning, we're going to look at that wonderful subject of generosity. If you've brought your Bibles with you this morning, I'd ask you to open your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 to 23. In the New Living Translation, it reads like this. It is possible to give freely and become more wealthy, but those who are stingy will lose everything. The generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be 
refreshed. What I, what, what I loved uh, about that, that verse is when I read it in the message translation, and it's come up onto the screen behind me that this morning, it reads like this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. When we use the word generosity in the context of local church, there are some misgivings and misunderstandings and misconceptions around that, that word. Generosity extends well beyond our money and our possessions. Generosity describes a willingness to give, to share of one's time and or resources without expecting a gift or an act to be returned. In a today's society that revolves around trading, business, buying and selling, accumulating and acquiring more, generosity can often become calculated and overcomplicated. If we're going to impact our community, to impact this city, as we anticipate God to do, we need to build generosity, we need to build generationally. If we're going to evangelize our community, both of those ingredients are vitally important. I'm going to look at five aspects of generosity for a few moments. Can somebody get me a glass of water, please, if you've got one there, <coughs> one there. <coughs> the very first thing this morning is simply this. Generosity is a simple act. I'm not going to make it complicated this morning. I I'm not a complicated preacher. I'm Cornish. I'm West Country born and bred. Strong in the arm. I primed you. And you sucked it in, my friend. You, you, really, you really did. Generosity is a simple act. A simple act of kindness towards one another. A simple act of kindness to a friend. And a simple act of kindness to a stranger. A simple act of kindness to somebody who would consider themselves to be your enemy. Whose thought patterns are not in favor of you, but are actually more against you than for you. When we begin to look at the biblical teaching of, of generosity, we simply understand this, that it comes in the simple shape and form and the expression of, of sharing. This morning, we have the opportunity to share with one another and to be generous with our sharing. The writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says this, do good and share with others. Can I make a statement this morning? That sharing is caring. And teaching our children to share is teaching them the compassion 
and the love that Jesus himself expressed to us. Caring and sharing can change a person's life. Sharing and caring can change the heart of a city. Sharing and caring can bring you satisfaction beyond satisfaction and help you appreciate the things that God has done for us. In Acts chapter 3, we have the story of Peter and John going to the temple. On the doorstep of the, the church, we see someone who is crippled, a lame individual, suffering, less fortunate than us. Peter and John look at the individual and said, silver and gold we don't have, that they must have been Pentecostal AOG preachers. <laughs> silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you. You see, they were generous in their sharing and their caring. So my first point is that generosity is a simple act. But my second little thought this morning is simply this, that generosity is all about the heart. True generosity is motivated by love. We don't have to go very far into Scripture, into the New Testament to begin to understand and to embrace what true generosity is like. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. That whoever would believe on him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. You see, generosity is motivated by the heart. Solomon in his writings in Proverbs, that wonderful book which would help us with wonderful values when it comes to living life. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I put in brackets here the motivation of our hearts, the agenda of our hearts are revealed. The treasure of our hearts are revealed through our actions. But if you're like me, our hearts can very easily become like stone. They can become rigid and hardened by life's experiences. They can be, become hardened by our stinking thinking. They can become hardened by our deceitful nature and spirit. And our heart can become sick. And oftentimes what would determine a heart becoming hard is that we become disingenuous. We begin to live lives of duplicity. We become misleading or we become hypocritical and we become deceptive in our nature. But I'm so grateful this morning that when our hearts become hard, all we have to do is cry out to God and he gives us a new heart. He exchanges the heart of stone become hardened by life's experiences and gives us a heart of flesh and then begins to breathe a new spirit into it. So generosity is a simple act. Generosity is all about the heart. I've already mentioned this morning that generosity is more than just money. 
In fact, if you were to Google what generosity is, generosity comes in seven forms of generosity. It comes in our thoughts. It comes in our words. It comes with our money. It comes with our time. It comes with our things. It comes with our influence. And it comes to with our attention also. How can you and I be generous in those seven areas of generosity? How can you be generous with your thoughts? You, you see, you can be sat in a room listening to an individual and you're not generous with your thoughts at all. You're saying, oh no, it's him or her again. You can be sat in your chair and you can say, if only, and your thoughts can be negative towards the person or towards the situation. I declare in this house, those who are stingy with their thoughts live in a small world. But those who have generous thoughts, their world becomes larger and larger. You can be generous or not so generous with your words. Words have the power of life and death. We can be generous with our money. We can be generous with our time or stingy with our time. I've discovered this over the course of 30 plus years in ministry and leading local church, that when I'm generous with my time, my world gets bigger and larger and more impacting. You see, we need to also be generous with our things and our influence and our action. Paul wrote to a young pastor in 1 Timothy chapter 16. And he uses this terminology and language. Timothy, tell them to use their money to do good. If we begin to, to look at that word money, Actually, there's a misunderstanding or misinterpretation. Really, what should be used there is the word resource. Timothy, tell them to use their resource to do good. And then they will be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. If we begin to apply the areas of generosity in the place of resource. Tell the people this morning, Ian, to be generous with their thoughts. Tell them to be generous with their words, their money, their time, their things, their influence, and even their attention. There's a fascinating story in the New Testament. Jesus has just preached a blinder. Got his PowerPoint right. Got his illustrations exactly perfect. Got his pronunciations correctly. Studied the Greek and studied the Hebrew and studied the Latin. All of those words were put into the right place and the right context. Yet when it came to performing miracles, he was unable to perform miracles. Because he says this, a prophet is without honor. In his own town. And you see, because the people weren't generous, because they weren't generous with their thoughts, their words, their actions, everything about themselves, they restricted and limited 
the Son of God, to perform miracles in that place. Because of their inability to be generous, their world became smaller when their world could have become larger and bigger. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present to you in this place this morning that we can limit the God who can perform miracles by not being generous and not being honoring and not being generous with our thoughts, our words, our actions, our finances, our times and our resources. Generosity and honor will facilitate an outpouring of God's miracles into this house. Generosity and honor will facilitate miracles to take place within this city. Favor and influence and generational blessing to come. So, generosity is a simple act. Generosity is all about the heart. And generosity is more than, the, than money. But you see, generosity teaches us to trust God. You see, everything we have is his provision. Everything I have is his provision. Spoiler alert, it's all his anyhow. It's not mine. And what, what God has done, he's empowered me or empowered my family to exercise certain things because he's asked us to be stewards of. We need to understand this, that we serve a generous God. Not a stingy God, but a generous God. And he wants us to trust him. And if God gets things to us, he knows that he can get things through us. And he will give us things. He will give us influence. He will give us favor. He will give us all the things that we've often longed for if we don't serve those things but those things serve the kingdom of God. The Acts Church in Acts, the book of Acts, the Acts Church in Acts, that's a, an obvious statement, isn't it? But the Acts Church, written about there in the New Testament, was a generous and a growing church. They sold their possessions, their resources, and distributed the proceeds to all those in need. You see, the early church were generous. They shared because they cared. And oftentimes, we don't share with one another or we don't share with the need of our community because we don't really care. Sharing is caring. Maybe you, maybe us as local church, Maybe we're the answer to somebody's prayer. Maybe we are the resource. Maybe we are the generosity that God's looking for. Maybe you and I are that answer. I'm going to give you a little bit of a story if I can this morning. A number of years ago, in fact, it was my very first mission trip to India. My daughter, Bethany, will be 35 this year, and the first trip to India was 35 years ago. And we were a young family. You, you, you know, you take 35 years off 42. I was very young at that time. 
But we were, we were young, we were just pulling home together and house together. And to go on a missions trip costs money. And I re- recall that the time when I was invited by, at that time, World Christian Ministries, which is now WOW, to go on mission. And we, we set aside £1,000 to go on mission. Now, £1,000, a lot of money now. So £1,000 35 years ago was a lot of money, a lot of money. Set that money to, to one side. We scrimped and we saved. Jackie, bless her cotton socks. Not that she wears cotton socks, but bless her cotton socks. She went out, did some extra shifts in some residential homes to facilitate that and to make it, make it happen. And about a month before the payment of paying the deposit and the airfares and all of the travel and the accommodation, God spoke to me. And it was simply this. So-and-so has a need. Do you need to pay for it? Everything inside of me wanted to put that little voice to the back of my mind. The more I pondered upon it, the more I reflected upon it, the stronger that conviction came. Ian, you are the answer to that prayer. I heard that, that prayer prayed several times in a, in a closed prayer group when the individual would get up, God, we've got this need. Please, can you help answer this need? And every time I heard the prayer, the voice would come back, you are the answer to that prayer. So I, I, I sat on the front row of our church there in Paynton. I think Mike might have been in, in that gathering at, at that time. I was, I was sat there and I, I'm thinking, okay, God, you've told me. Now you need to tell my wife. <laughs> what, what, was wrong, what was wrong with that? <laughs> you know, you, you tell her because she'll take it far better from you than she does from me. And I, I just remember going home on that evening and Jackie was restless. She said, God spoke to me. I said, okay, what did he say? She said, you won't like what he told me. <laughs> I'm thinking, God, please. <laughs> she said, we need to give that money away. She gave it away. sat there thinking, I've just given, or we've just given a thousand pound away. Our world has just got smaller. Our bank account has now shrunk by one thousand pound. And you need to know this, there wasn't much more in the bank account. It shrank. Within 24 hours, within 24 hours, the phone goes. From a lady called Pat Goldie, a member of our congregation in our painting church at that time. She said, 24 hours ago, Ian, God woke me up, and he said, I have to give you some money. She said, I've, I asked God how much, and he says, all of it. But I don't know what all of it is, Ian. I was very tempted to add a few hundred onto it. <laughs> I said, Pat, Jackie and I, 
felt we needed to be generous and give a thousand pound away. She said, Ian, here's 1,500 pound back. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you and I need to understand this, that when we're generous, we're not trusting in what we can do, but we're trusting in what he can do. Generosity is a simple act. Generosity is all about the heart. Generosity is more than money, and generosity enables us to trust God. The fifth and the final thing this morning is generosity is a blessing. One of my favorite characters in the entire Bible, and usually my favorite character is the one I'm preaching on that morning. <laughs> but my favorite, one of my favorite Old Testament Bible characters is Abraham. And you can read his story, his life account from Genesis chapter 12 onwards. In Genesis chapter 12, 12 there's a, a relational covenant that takes place between him and God. And God says, Abraham, or Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And the reason I'm going to bless you is because I'm going to make your world big. But to enable me to make your world big, you have to be a blessing. Remember the time when Abraham was sat outside his tent? And at that time, the promises that God had given him had not been yet fulfilled. God, or the Lord says to Abraham, look up. How many stars can you see? One, two, three, thousands, multiple thousands. Abraham, how many grains of sand can you count? One, two, multiple thousands, and even bigger numbers than thousands. I'm going to bless you, Abraham, so you can be generous, and you then can be a blessing. And when you become a blessing, your world becomes bigger. Your influence becomes greater. You see, generosity is a blessing. Acts chapter 20, verse 20, 35 says it's more, to, more blessed to give than to receive. And generosity, a generosity way of living and a lifestyle of generosity is a pathway to a larger life. One of the mantras that we, we live with and according to as a, as a family, and my, my, my kids have now got a hold of this, and, and what really excites me is now it's not just my kids that's got hold of it, it's my grandkids got hold of it. And it's simply this, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. We don't give to get, but that's the wrong motive. We, we, we give, we live a generous life in all of those areas of generosity because that's the thing and the way to live life. 
But I've discovered this. You can't outgive God. And, and when you and I give, God gives back. Pressed down. Shaken together. Do you like the wiggle? And running over. You see, you will reap what you sow. Kingdom logic appears illogical sometimes. We live in what I describe it as an upside-down kingdom. For you and I to live, we have to die. Blessed are those who mourn. Love your enemy. Do good to those who dislike you. Turn the other cheek. If someone takes your coat, give them your shirt. Go the extra mile. Can I encourage us this morning, as we value generosity, that we will be generous with our thoughts and live in a bigger world? Maybe the smallness of your world is because you're not generous with your thoughts. Be generous with your words, your money, your time, your things, your influence, your attention, and watch your world get larger and bigger. Pastor Steve, with your permission, I just added a word to the statement that I started off with. I started off this morning by saying Restore Church is here to share the good news, to rebuild the individuals, to restore community and renew a city. I just added a word. You don't have to keep it in there. This is just me taking a liberty. Generously share the good news. Generously rebuild the individual and generously restore community and renew a city. How can you and I do that? Well, we simply do it by saying a prayer. And the prayer is simply this. Show me how I can be generous. And when God shows you how to be generous, look for the opportunity and then act upon that opportunity. Maybe your, your generosity is to volunteer into the heart, into the life of this church and shift from being a consumer to being an investor. Consumers' worlds are small. Investors' worlds are bigger. And making a decision, I'm going to be a generous person. And I'm going to be part of a generous church. And I'm going to set an example. Be blessed, be encouraged, and now you can be generous with your applause. Yeah.